The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to the Lord. While some people were speaking about how the temple was adorned with costly stones and votive offerings, Jesus said, All that you see here, the days will come when there will not be left a stone upon another stone that will not be thrown down. Then they asked him, Teacher, when will this happen? And what sign will there be when all these things are about to happen? He answered, See that you do not be deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time has come. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for such things must happen first. But it will not immediately be the end. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be powerful earthquakes, famines, and plagues from place to place. And awesome sights and mighty signs will come from the sky. Before all this happens, however, they will seize and persecute you. They will hand you over to the synagogues and to prisons. And they will have you led before kings and governors because of my name. It will lead to your giving testimony. Remember, you are not to prepare your defense beforehand. For I myself shall give you a wisdom in speaking that all your adversaries will be powerless to resist or refute. You will even be handed over by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair on your head will be destroyed. By your perseverance, you will secure your lives. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So to appreciate what Jesus is trying to communicate here today, we have to go back to the very beginning of today's gospel, where Luke tells us that some people were speaking about how the temple was adorned with costly stones and votive offerings. So for a first century Jew, the temple meant everything. It was the center of their life. For surrounding cultures and nations, they knew that the temple meant everything for the Jews. For them, it was a sign, a very visible, a very large sign that they were God's chosen people and that God had chosen to dwell among them. So for Jesus... To then say, all that you see here, the days will come when there will not be left a stone upon another stone that will not be thrown down. That had to crush them. And that's why they were asking Jesus, like, well, when is this going to happen? And what signs will there be? And I think in light of What he's saying here, and in light of the fact that we're now at the 33rd Sunday in Ordinary Time, 
we step back and we remember that every year as we come to the end of the liturgical year, the church offers us these readings in three cycles, in case you didn't know that, right? There's cycle A, B, and C for the Sunday readings. But always, every year, in every cycle, as we end the liturgical year, the readings speak to us about the end times, about death and judgment and heaven and hell. Those are the four last things in theology. They call, that the, they call it eschatology, after the Greek word eschaton, for the last things. Death, judgment, heaven, and hell. But what Jesus, I think, is trying to get us to appreciate is that we are not to put our hope in the things of this world, in buildings, in institutions. But we are really called to put our hope in him. And when we gather here, I mean, yes, we're in a building. and God knows that this building, you know, is meaningful to us and to him because it's his house. But ultimately, it's his presence that makes this place special. And so he gathers us around himself. He calls us by name to come to him and in him to find hope. He wants us to feel hopeful because of him. He wants to be the source of our hope. So he doesn't want us to be afraid. He doesn't want us to be terrified. He wants us to be assured that he is providing for us and that ultimately he has prepared a place for us in the Father's house. And it's an awesome place. And he wants us to look forward to that and to keep our eyes and and our hearts set on that because that will never be torn down. That will never decay. So that's always a challenge for us. Because we live in the world, and we got to eat, and we got to have, you know, clothing and shelter. We have to survive. But God wants us to do more than just survive. He wants us to thrive. And we've talked about that before. I like to talk about that a lot, that God calls us, as he says, uh, to life. He says, I I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. And I am the good shepherd who provides for you this life, this abundant life. But it's not so much a material abundance that he's talking about. Rather, he's talking more about a spiritual abundance an abundance of being, an abundance of being. Last week I talked about the seven desires of every heart. How many of you were at that Mass last week? A few of you, okay. So let me repeat a little bit. The seven desires of every heart. It's a book that we're reading in our community written by a Christian couple, Mark and Deborah Laser. 
So what are the seven desires of every heart? There's more than seven, but this is a nice way of categorizing them, you might say. So let me go through it quickly. To be heard and understood. To be affirmed for what you do. To be blessed just for who you are. To be safe and provided for. To be touched in a healthy way. To be chosen. It's the desire to be desired. And then finally, to be included in something greater than yourself. Like a family, a team, an organization, a church. So we all have these desires. And when these desires are fulfilled, we're happy. We feel loved. We feel hopeful. We feel confident. But not in ourselves necessarily, but in the one who fulfills them in a way that nobody else can. And not that we, as brothers and sisters in Christ can't fulfill these desires for each other. But inside of each and every one of us, there's a desire for the infinite. We've talked about this before, right? We, we have a desire not just for any truth, but for the absolute truth. Not just for any good, but the greatest good. Not for just any beautiful thing, but the most beautiful thing. And God is the one who embodies that like nobody else can, right? Because he is eternal and infinite and the source of all good. And so he actually wants us to come to him. Remember that in the Gospels, Matthew chapter 11. Come to me, Jesus said. All you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. In other words, I will fulfill the desires of your heart. And if we're honest with ourselves, they're not just desires, they're actually needs, genuine needs that we all have. And I think sometimes we struggle with admitting that we're needy because I think our culture, in an unhealthy way, promotes rugged individualism. And being self-made and so on. The lone ranger mentality, you might say. Not that that's bad in and of itself. Or that there isn't anything there to be appreciated. But that's not how we're meant to live and thrive ultimately. We thrive in community. We thrive in communion with God. And God wants to be the one, like no other, who fulfills the desires of our hearts. And in heaven, that's where we will experience the ultimate fulfillment of all of our desires. In a way that here on earth is not really possible. But it doesn't mean that we are not to seek the fulfillment of those desires in God. On the contrary, the reason why he established his church, the reason why he gave us the sacraments was precisely to start us on this journey and to have us experience, even in an imperfect way, the fulfillment of our desires. 
But what happens? You know, when we're kids, life beats us up. And as we get older, you know, we get disappointed in different ways. And these desires don't always go fulfilled in in the way that we want them to. And, And sometimes what we can do is actually turn them off. We can bury them or stifle them or ignore them or tell ourselves that we really don't need to have these desires fulfilled. And we go into survival mode. But God doesn't want us just to survive. He wants us to thrive. And so he gathers us to himself. I think that's really one of the main reasons why God wants us to gather every Sunday in his house. is so that he can remind us that he is here for us. And that he wants us to feel welcomed. He wants us to feel hopeful. He wants us to feel wanted and included. He wants to affirm us and bless us. And as we have that experience, because he wants us to experience that, this is, this is meant to be an experience for all of us, a collective experience that inspires us so that we can leave here, so that we can go out and face the world, which is not always so friendly and welcoming, right? And we can spread the good news and we can be light in the world as he calls us to be. Salt of the earth, light of the world. So we're here not just because we have to be here, But we're here because God knows that we need to be here. We need to be here for our own good, for our own fulfillment, our own happiness. But it's not just about us, obviously, because we come in contact with the one who wants us to be, to live, to exist, to thrive, to grow, to mature in love. To become more and more like him. To become more and more the men and women he created us to be. God calls us to thrive. He calls us to shine. He calls us all to be saints. Definitely. He calls us all to be saints. And so let us pray today. That as we gather here. As we gather to pray. To praise. To worship to adore, to receive him in Holy Communion, that we are touched. And so we ask God to increase our faith here, to increase our hope, to believe that he does want us to feel loved by him, to feel called by him, to feel chosen by him, to be his sons and daughters, but also to be his joyful missionary disciples, to carry this good news to our brothers and sisters who are in desperate need of hope. Our world is in desperate need of hope and of love, of mercy. So we come here, brothers and sisters, to receive, to give thanks, and to be encouraged 
to be affirmed, to be blessed, to be reminded of who we are, to be reminded of who God is, that he is our good, good father, and that he wants what's best for us. Amen.